Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Our series that we're starting today is all about God. Now, who thinks it's a good thing to talk about God when you're in church? God. The ancient Jews wrote his name this way, Yahweh. This series all is all about how important it is for us to understand who God is. A.W. Tozer says this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I like that. I think that's true. What comes into your mind when you think about God? It could be stuff that's actually got nothing to do with him. He may not be anything like what you think he is. And that's part of the reason why we're doing this series. Jesus asked Peter in Matthew 6.15, but who do you say that I am? There is nothing more important and more life-shaping than our personal understanding of who God is. So we're going to spend some time over the next five weeks looking at who God is and what he is like. The Hebrew word Yahweh is based around the word, I am. Exodus 3.13, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am. That's what God called himself. You know, God never had a beginning. He always was. Here are a few things about God. God will never end. God is absolute reality. God is utterly independent. He depends on nothing to make him what he is. Everything that is not God depends totally on God. All the universe by comparison to God is nothing. All that we are amazed at in this world and in the galaxies by comparison to God is nothing. God is constant. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot be improved. He is who he is. God is the absolute standard of truth and goodness and beauty. God does what he pleases, and it's always right and always beautiful and always in accord with the truth. God is the most important and the most valuable reality and person in the universe. God. Yahweh. God is all of those amazing and wonderful things I just mentioned, but he is also a very personal God. When he spoke to Moses in Exodus 3, he said, Moses, bring the Israelites, my kids, out of captivity. Not just, and he didn't just say he wanted to bring them out of captivity. He said, so that they can live their lives, they can come to a mountain and they can worship me. Be with me. Relate with me. God is so big, but he is also incredibly personal and loving and compassionate and kind. Nothing escapes his notice. He knows you intimately. The very hairs on your head are numbered by him. When one falls out, he changes the number. Sometimes he has to change it by 50 
to 100 a day for me. Before you speak, he knows what you're going to say. You are in the palm of his hand. He is huge, but he is closer than you know. Closer than close. He's here. So today we're going to look at the names of God, some of the names of God, because they describe who he is, not only what he does, but who he is. And as I've already said, it's really important that we truly understand who God is. Psalm 91.14 says, I will set him or her securely on high because he or she has known my name. What's in a name? There are many, many names for God in the Bible. Today we're going to look at what is probably the most well-known psalm in the Bible. Anyone? What would you say is the most well-known psalm in the Bible? Psalm 23. It is Psalm 23. Did you know nine of the names for God are represented in this psalm? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint, thank you, Carolyn, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) We could have all done that together. Maybe we should have. David first talks, talks about God being his shepherd. He doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He tells us about his personal relationship with God. Jehovah Roi, the Lord is my shepherd. It is so personal, it is so intimate, it is so close. Did you know that's what you get to experience with God, your shepherd? God is not far off. You don't have to go through anyone to get to him. You can go straight to him. Your prayers are as powerful as the person next to you's prayers. You can just go straight to him. You don't have to work your way to him. You don't have to suffer to make him love you. You don't have to beg him over and over again to forgive you. He wants to be your shepherd. It's very personal. Some people spend their whole lives, you may be here today and you may feel like this, feeling like they don't belong to anyone. They don't have anyone. They carry rejection. They carry hurt deep inside them because they don't think anyone wants them. Anyone understands them. Anyone cares about them. They don't feel that they have anyone. I remember the day. I remember the release. I remember the healing and the freedom that came to my life that I felt on the inside when God spoke that scripture, this scripture from Isaiah 43. It says, do not fear, 
Mel, I had that in there. For I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name, you are mine. My shepherd, you are mine. I was his, I belonged. I belonged. I wasn't on the outside, I was on the inside. He wants to be your shepherd. The next part of that scripture says, I shall not want, which is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Who thinks that's a big call? (laughs) I shall not want. Some versions say, I shall not lack any good thing. My shepherd makes sure that I am not in want. The Bible says that he knows what you need before you even ask. And that he will provide what I need. That's my promise. If you're in want today, that is your promise. God is your shepherd. You shall not want. He is looking after me. And that thing that that I need, well, actually, he's got it covered. He really has. He, He knows what it is. He knows how to answer it. He knows the answer may not come, who loves this, in the way I'm expecting, but that does not mean that, I am, that he won't answer and he will not look after my needs. I mean, in, in our situation at the moment, we have so many things that, so many, we have a number of things that I am personally believing God for, personally. So many things that I'm, I'm holding up faith and declaring that God in, and thanking him. Is that what you do when you have a need? Do you come to him as your shepherd? Do you come to him and say, this is the need that I have and I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are my shepherd, Jehovah Jireh, who meets my needs. And so I'm thanking you. I'm not begging you. I'm thanking you that you are meeting those needs in my life. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Jehovah Shalom, which is God, our peace. What a beautiful word. He makes me lie down. Have you ever had God make you lie down? (laughs) I had burnout many, many years ago. And it was almost God, God made me lie down. Not that he made me burnt out. The way I was living caused me to be burnt out, right? You know, whenever the Bible talks about green leaves, it says green pastures. Green leaves or green pastures, it's talking about health and vitality. God wants to give us rest. And he wants to give us what we need to make us healthy. Sometimes it's physical rest makes me lie down. Sometimes it's rest in my mind. Does anyone ever have to struggle with needing rest in their mind? Their mind just keeps turning over and over and over again. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That can be what needs to happen in your mind. Where I have to change what I'm thinking about there. You know, the Bible says in Philippians, whatever is true, Whatever is honourable, 
whatever is of good repute, think on those things. Those are the things that we need to be putting in our mind because they will lead to health and not anxiety. Sometimes we spend our whole life thinking about things that might never happen. Has anyone done that? Man, I'm down the road. When Paul had a melanoma on his, the back of his leg, you know, I was, I was sure that I was a 23-year-old widow. I, was, I convinced myself I'd gone all the way down that path. It was never even real. When the waters of my life are in turmoil, when there is turmoil all around me, Jehovah Shalom brings peace to my storm. Do you know where the peace comes in from the storm? You look at the storm that Jesus stopped when the disciples were in the boat. It comes from faith. It comes from believing God. That's where the peace arrives. It doesn't come in fear and doubt. It comes in faith. You read the story. Jesus woke up. He declared and he said, what happened to your faith, guys? So I, I'm trying to teach myself to choose to go to faith and not fear. Anyone else want to go over there with me? Choose to go to faith. He restores my soul. Jehovah Rapha, which is all about healing. All of us carry baggage. Some of it's really heavy from the past. It could be hurt. It could be untrue words. It could be bitterness. And those things have an effect on us. God is in the business of restoring and healing us. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He's in the business of taking us and changing us and freeing us. He did it with Peter, the apostle. At one point, he said to Peter, because I used that scripture at the beginning of my message, who do you say that I am? And Peter was, he was going for, he was happening, he, he got it right, he got that answer right. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Three seconds later, get behind me, Satan, is what he said to Peter. You know, because you, sometimes we have good days and sometimes the days aren't quite so good, right? Or is that just me? And then, I'm never going to deny you, Jesus, everyone else will leave you. Next moment, he's denying Jesus. Jesus came to Peter after he rose from the dead. And he brought healing to his life in those questions that he asked him. And he, he said to Peter, you know what, Peter? I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to look after my people. And he restored Peter at that point, which is a beautiful, beautiful story. He restores our soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Who sometimes finds it hard to know what to do? Which direction to take? Here's a promise. God will guide you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Never fear that he will guide you the wrong way. Never fear that you can't take a step of faith. Because if you start to move, oh, this is what we believe. 
If we start to move in the wrong direction, God will tell us. He will tell us. He will make it very clear to us. And he will shut the door. But it's better than sitting there stunned and afraid and too afraid to do anything. He will guide me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and thy staff will comfort me. Jehovah Shema, which means the Lord is near. The Lord is near. We have to finish up, so we're going to, I'm going to get the band up. And I'm going to do a very quick summary of the last part of this psalm. The Lord is there. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord is there. Sometimes when we're walking through a valley, we can feel like there's no God, that God has left us, that we are all alone. God never leaves us, ever. Jehovah Shema is with you in your valley. He's with me in my valley. There is nowhere that you can go that he's not there. He is ordering our steps, even in the dark. Even in your darkest moments, he is ordering your steps. I've walked through many valleys, and I'm sure you have too. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy, which is Jehovah Nissi, which is the Lord is our banner, which means victory, which means you have victory, which means you have victory. You do. You prepare a table. That sounds pretty weird to me. You prepare a table. Some versions say a feast in the presence of my enemies. Think about the most joyous and fun family feast you can be at with your family. And think about that in relation to that, what I just said. God prepares a table before you to sit there and be free and laugh and live. Even no matter what is going on around you, He is your victory. He has given you victory. He died and rose again and He, he took victory for you. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for every person in this place. Lord, that your anointing oil, Father, would touch them. That your anointing oil, Father, would lubricate every dry place in their world, Lord, every, every part of them, God, even those places where, where they're maybe even afraid to give it to you, God, I just ask right now in Jesus' name, and I thank you that goodness and mercy follows every single one all the days of their life. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.